Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is April 5th, 2021, and you are listening to episode 110 of the Can I Say Something podcast. Your host and a recluse with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is... Dage. And returning... Carrie! There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, I forgot to do the outline hey, today, hey. so we'll be talking about... They're still clapping. Yes. <laughs> They're still clapping. Okay. All right. We just fill up the outline, but that's okay. We'll just dive right in. We got some video game stuff to talk about. Army Hammer jokes. Talk about Nomad Land. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Episode 3, The Power Broker. Right into the show, bicycle at gmail.com. Bicycle on Twitter, B-I-S-I-C-K-L-E, gmail.com. Tell a friend, family member, stranger. Guys, how we doing today? Hey, man, I'm good. How are you? Okay, hey, bring the energy. Bring the energy. I'm fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Damien gets mad when you don't bring energy. Woo. Last week I come in, I come in hot, I come in screaming hot, high energy. I'm like, welcome to the show, Dion. Dion's like, hello, how are we doing out there, folks? I'm Dion, I'm not your guest today. Yep. So that's what I was. <laughs> well, yes. you know, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. You got, yeah. you have to balance. You got to have the balance. Yeah. See, what happened yeah. was people say I got a nice voice. My fans have been saying yeah. I got a nice voice, so. I mean, I, if if I get excited, it gets high pitched, and then it gets a little like, too like fast. I start talking too fast, and I start to lose it. Yeah. So I gotta keep that. I gotta keep the excitement down so my voice stays yeah. sultry. Like sultry a, and like a voice for radio. Yeah. You know what's up? Yeah. You know all about that. Listen to you. You sound like the a dulcet stud. Tone, the dulcet tones of yes. Dion yes. and Damien. That's right. Yes. Love it. I have a voice so, and a face for radio. What's up? Oh, okay, that's, that's a bad that, thing. Not, neither of those. Things. I know. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I beat I beat the loop hero. Congratulations! Woo! Success. Ten ten. Would you play again? It can. Yeah, I'm gonna go back to it. It's one of those games I wanted. Huh? Ten, ten out of ten. You said? Yeah, ten ten. Would you play again? Would you recommend? Oh, <laughs> would I recommend? Yes, 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 yes. This can probably it's PC only, I believe, right now. So it's not a PS4. But I believe your coal-powered computer can actually run this. I doubt be it. Able to. If you I doubt run, it. I can't even run, run Discord. If you can run Discord, you should be able to run this thing. But can I run Discord and this Try game at the same time? Try it out. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> you need to cancel everything out, shut everything down, except for this one game, and you'll be fine. I need to get a new, uh, new computer. I saw you tagged me in something. Was that you offering my name... In Instagram to, to to get a new computer, or were you doing? Were you using me to get yourself a new computer? Well, well, well. you got two. <laughs> either, either I'm yeah, using a toaster. You are. <laughs> I understand. So yes, it, it should be for you. They'll give it to you. All right. Good. Um, if that thing comes in, yeah. Right. So, um, tell me about rucking. You started rucking. Let yeah, me bro, I ruck. ask you. Let, let me guess. A panic bag, yeah. A bug out bag. A bug out bag is like what preppers use, like survivalists use to like for the end of the world. If if the end of the world happens, they have a they have a to go bag ready to go, like food, water, clothes, an overnight thing, a sleeping bag, right, medicine, things like that. Is that is that what you're doing here? No, I'm okay. I am taking a backpack and I am putting weight in it. So wow. yesterday, not yesterday, was it yesterday? Maybe two days ago, I took a 45 pound weight, a plate. And I put it in a backpack, put it on my back, and I went for like a five-mile walk. Wow. Yep. It's something like the military does. Uh, they, they they do it for training. Uh, they do it for uh, 
physical tests, I guess. Uh, it's actually becoming a, a pretty big deal. And it, it's uh, it's an easy workout. I mean, it's not an easy workout, but, you know, it's good for, you know, everything. It improves your posture. Uh, it's, it's a nice leg workout. I mean, we got hills around here, so I'm walking up the hills with 45-pound weight in my back. Uh, when I'm done with the walk, I start doing squats. I do some calf raises. So I, I, this this two days ago, I was wearing that thing for an hour. I had straps on my my uh, strap marks on my my shoulders. Uh, it, it wore me out. I'm feeling it today. Actually, it's like uh, my calves, my ankles, pretty sore. So yeah, mm. rucking is it's it's, it's actually uh, really fun. Low impact on the knees. So I recommend it. I'm having a blast. I wouldn't have ever guessed that it was low impact on your knees. It seems like something that's gonna you know, a lot of weight, you're like your, your whole body right. is putting weight on your legs, right? Your legs are supporting your body. So I'm I see what you're saying. That. I see where your head's at. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When I say low impact, compare it to running where you got like the oh, the force gotcha. just slamming into the ground over and over again. Yeah. Walking. Yeah. You, you're heavier, but uh, you got weight, more weight on you, but you know, you're kind of doing it at your pace. So it, it's, it's less impact. I suppose okay. I should have compared it to running particularly or you know jumping or anything yeah. like that are you are you power walking or are you regular walking oh yeah you, you keep here? the heart rate up i mean you're not walking that fat i mean it's, it's 45 pounds so yeah. it's not like yeah, yeah. oh my god dragon ass but you know you you feel it you know after a couple miles it's just like okay you're completely aware you have a 45 pound weight on your back <laughs> <laughs> i, I want to go up more uh they don't really recommend going higher than 50 i mean i guess it really depends on who you are, how strong you are, whatever. Because um, even yeah. like the, the the physical tests, I guess like military, their backpacks can get up to 100 pounds. So that's why they got to be doing it. Yeah, oh, they should carry around 100, 100 pounds. 100. Yeah, 100. What'd I say? 200. Oh, no, it's 100. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm never, I don't think I'm going to get to that point. Also, I don't think I have a backpack that can uh, handle 100 pounds worth of stuff. <laughs> they got the specially military uh, produced kind and I, I'm, I'm running around with a, a Jan sport that I'm, I'm pretty sure is going to bust out the back and like clip me in my Achilles and ruin my life forever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Yep. So uh, trying to figure out a transition to this next segment, but I'll just go into uh, army hammer. Uh, we talked about army, army hammer, some text change this week. <laughs> well, hold, on, some, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. You got anything yes. making you happy this week? Anything making me happy? Yeah. What? Like Lou Perry, he beat Lou Perry. He's happy. I was rucking. I'm happy. Uh, I was happy that you worked the the morning shift all week, and I got to see you. Oh yeah, I actually got to see my family we, this week. Yeah, yeah, we spent time as a family. Yeah, I'm happy about rucking, and she's happy about. And, and we, just colored, <laughs> we just colored. We just colored Easter eggs. Oh yeah, that was great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> got some funny pictures of our, our children doing crazy things. Yep. Good nice. times. Lovely. Yep. Good times. Yep. That's um, nice. So Army Hammer, they're very nice. Let's yeah. Let's transition let's, to something let's not so trans, nice. Yeah. Let's transition from uh, uh, children to Army Hammer eating people. Right, cannibalism. <laughs> uh, allegedly <laughs> cannibal. dollars lawyers. Uh, so Army Hammer was accused of uh, sending texts that were insinuating that he wants to eat his uh, girlfriend, wife, right? Girlfriends. Girlfriend. Several girlfriends. Girlfriend. Several girlfriends. So. It While he was like, also you know, married, yeah. Well, oh, he was oh, also married? Okay. So it's a, it's he just got thing. divorced okay. a couple months ago, yeah. Oh, okay. He was married cool. for a while. All right. But yeah, none of it was with his wife. It was all, he had like girlfriends, hoes in all towns. Nice. 
You well, know? I mean, if you eat the evidence, then mm. no harm, no foul. Always in different temperatures. Right. <laughs> that's that's the way you um, say it. So yeah, this is like a, some some men, some men get you know sexual accusations accusations against them. That's called there. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Sorry, can you repeat that? You cut out. <laughs> I'm sure it was a Mommy funny hammer, joke. Like, yeah. Some men, when they have sexual allegations against them, they get me too, right? That's what the... Okay, let, me, let me back up. Some men, right, when they get accused of doing sexually explicit things to, to women, is called being me too'd. Are you with me so far? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Okay, good, good, good. So Army Hammer got me chewed. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, that's Not cute. It. Yeah, okay, me chewed. So I'm wondering, chewed, like, yeah. nothing has been proved or disproved yet. Is that correct? Right. That these right. are are real, actual uh, DMs from him. Right. I mean, you said uh, you kind of have to. I feel like you have to believe the victims, but. Uh, can't they prove that stuff? Like, can't they prove whether they're authentic yeah. or not? Why haven't they? Yeah, you you said pre pre recording that you looked up into this a little bit. Is was there like how many women was it? Was it like two or three? Uh, yeah, he... yeah, m- maybe more than that. But yeah, there were like two or three that were very vocal about it and sharing yeah. sharing um, the messages that he wrote them and their experiences well, yeah, with was- him. Right. He was taken off some films, correct? He was Yes, he got dropped from some from films. Uh I mean he made it seem like he didn't get fired. He made it seem like it was a choice that they arrived at together, him and the production company or whatever, that he decided that he needed to be with his family during this difficult time. So it was yeah. best if he left. So it wasn't like he got fired according to him. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. So there's an article from the Variety today, March, not to say, March 29th, 2021. Uh, Army Hammer was dropped from the movie Billion Dollar Spy. Um, Let's see. It says the only outstanding movie on Hammer's radar would have been the potential Call Me By Your Name sequel, which which has garnered much hopeful excitement from fans, but was never actually put into active development and remains without a script. So that's something I really want to see. I don't know. I don't know if he needs to be in that, right? Because doesn't the sequel take place like 30 years later? Uh, yeah. So what I heard was like they all, all the original actors wanted to be in it, but they thought, you know, so much time passes that they have to let the yeah. actors age a little bit before they could could yeah. make the sequel. But I mean, they're all into it, but nothing has ever been made official. Yeah. I'd I'd love yep, to see yep. it too, but now now I don't know if it'll ever happen or if they recast him or I mean that is something you could do right if the movie takes place thirty years yep. later you could recast him. Yeah, yeah, I mean you know there there are actors that exist in this world right now that are I don't know what's Remy Hammer like forty something early forties late th- late thirties mm, mid thirties I think he's actually younger than us. 30s? Is he? Wow, I think a little um, bit. Yeah. Damien's like so um, I took offense to that. So I took that personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there are actors in the six in their sixties right now, fifties and sixties that you can just slide in there. I don't, I don't know why you specifically need the same actors from the first film to to go in there. Right. 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 I feel so, like that they can't, good. they can't do, can't put him in there now. Challenge yeah, accepted. 
Did you hear? <laughs> so have you heard about some of the allegations besides the just? No. Um, no. He wants to eat people. He wants to eat his girlfriends. Allegedly. No, I haven't. A- allegedly, he wants <laughs> allegedly. to eat his girlfriends. Yeah. He wants to drink their blood. Um, one of them said that he um, carved his a big A into her pelvic region. Ugh. Yeah. A for what, what? What A for army? Oh, a okay, for like you are. I'm like I'm. Um, what do they call that? Branding, Branding a scarlet you. letter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> non-consensual it was not not consensually done yeah um let me see so there's another so you know if they had a sequel yeah you know what he would have to whisper in timmy's ear what's that carve me by your name and i'll carve you by mine Uh, uh, let's get let's let's get some peaches <laughs> and some fava beans and some nice Chianti's. Are you proud of yourself? <laughs> Not that much. <laughs> I regret uh, everything. Good. That was good. <laughs> I get carved me All right. Carve me by your name. Yeah, that was good. That was I wouldn't really let good. that dude near me with a knife ever. No. Not no. even if there was a fire. Has he ever, like, have you watched interviews with him? Does he strike you as the type of person that is uh, a freak in the sheets? Yes. yes. Oh, okay. All right. That was quick. That was a quick yes. Yep. Wow. All right. You know, he has a dark, dark sense of humor. Remember how we were doing those movies, the one with Henry Cavill, and I kept calling him Dick Hammer. I don't know why I kept calling him Dick Hammer, but I knew there was something, like, sexual there. I was like, Dick Hammer. You mm, did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There you go. I mean, it wasn't as dark as I imagined, or it was darker than I imagined. I don't know. I was just call him Dick Hammer, but yeah. man, Dick Hammer, he's yeah. got a kink to him. Does he really does? So uh, let's move on, I guess, from that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got some articles here about the Oscar movies this year. Uh, Carrie, you just recently saw Nomadland. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, this article from Washington Post is titled "No One Has Heard of the Year's Best Movies." But there's a surprising upside. So there was a poll apparently in Variety this week um, that said a survey of 1,500 quote-unquote active entertainment consumers by Guts and Data. That's an interesting name of your um, survey company. According to them, only 46% of those polled had heard of, not seen and enjoyed, not even seen, just heard of. Right? Okay, so 46% have heard of. Um, Judas and the Black Messiah. So that's not great. Uh, the least heard of movie is Mank. David Fincher's Dyspeptict. I don't even know what that word is. D-Y-S-P-E-P-T-I-C. Dyspeptic. Look at Hollywood and the making of Citizen Kane. Only 18% of respondents even knew that the picture existed at all. Not seen it. Not seen it and enjoyed it. Not, but only 18% had heard of it. So that's not great. Hmm. Well, advertisement's been down for a lot of these movies. I've never heard of any of these except for because you guys have talked about them on the podcast. I've never seen... You don't see these commercials I've never seen ads for them, yeah. I don't know how many people are just straight up using TV anymore, but yeah. Uh, Cable, I mean, I'm sorry. Not everybody's using TV, but... So yeah, like you were saying, the movies that are up for best picture you haven't heard of, right, Carrie? 
Uh, unless I had listened to your podcast, no, I would not. I heard of Nomadland. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, so you, you so far have seen all of the Best Picture nominees this year: uh, Promising Young Woman and uh, Nomadland. Um, are you interested in seeing the other ones? Of, of the other ones, what are you going most excited to check out? I guess Sound of Metal, that Trial of Chicago Seven, Minari, Mank, like I just mentioned. Uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, and the Father. Of those, what what are you like? Ooh, I definitely want to check that one out. Um, I can tell you, I have no. Uh, so I've listened to you guys talk about it. I'd I'd watch Judas and the Black Messiah. I'd watch um, Sound of Metal. Right. Um, Mank. Yes. I have no idea what that's about. Minari. Yeah. I don't know what that's about either. So um, I'd, I'd pick the the first two. Good answers. Um, yeah, good answers. You, those were probably the best. Um, Sound of Metal and what was the other one? <clears throat> uh, Judas and the Judas Black, and the Black Messiah. Messiah. Yeah, those are probably the, the of the eight right here. Um, Sound of Metal is probably my number one, my favorite. Uh, Nomadland is on, in the lead to win the to win the Oscar. So that's the one I put down. That's a that's a thing that I say all the time, the head versus the heart. <laughs> I know. I know Mad Nomadland going into the Oscars has the momentum. Yep. So that, I'm gonna I, that's one I have have written down. It's gonna win. Um it's definitely gonna win, probably. Um definitely probably. probably. Well, definitely probably. Maybe De- slightly. Definitely probably. <laughs> Maybe possibly. 50% uh, so of the time it works <laughs> They say in the article here, consider also the expansion of the slate of best picture competitors has not had the desired effect of increasing the chances of popular movies winning the statue. After 2008, when Christopher Nolan's second Batman movie, The Dark Knight, was snubbed for a best picture nomination, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences expanded the field from 5 to 10 tweaking it again slightly a couple years later to allow up to 10. The result was a winner in 2010 with one of the lowest box office totals in Oscar history. Do you know what movie that is? That was the, oh, man, what was it called? Parasite. No, Parasite was last year. I'm talking about 2010. 2010? Right uh, about, yes, 10 years ago. Uh, um, I don't know. So the, the movie that won the best Oscar with the lowest... Um, box office total was the Hurt Locker. Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I like that movie. Yes. I don't know what it was up against. Dollars. How much money did it make? The Hurt Locker. Uh, seventeen million. That's not a lot. <laughs> no. Seventeen million not. is not actually a lot of a lot of money <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. <laughs> Uh, the King's Speech and Argo are the only Best Picture winners since the change to gross more than $100 million. By way of comparison, seven of the nine Best Picture winners in the 2000s preceding The Hurt Locker crossed that mark. So it seems like expanding the field hasn't really allowed uh, movies to be brought in that are quote-unquote popular with people, with the people. That can't be right. Hurt Locker only made $17 million? Uh, d- Domestically. In the U.S., seventeen million in the U.S. So wow. that doesn't count internationally. Wow. Yep. Wow, indeed. But we're also talking about ten or eleven years ago now. So that was when people could go to made less money. You no, know I'm saying <laughs> people uh, <laughs> ticket prices were a lot less ten years ago than they are now. Right. That's so, that blows my mind. Actually, <laughs> get it? Yeah. 
Uh, yes, I do. Uh, yeah. Her locker was about blown. bombs. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I hear it's funny when I have uh, to explain it. <laughs> yeah, it is much, much more, you know. Uh, see the, so the data, let me just finish out this little article here. Uh, the stats uh, suggest that nominating relatively obscure films does not do much to turn them into runaway hits. This was one of the loudest harumphs when my colleague Alyssa Rosenberg suggested it might be a good idea to cancel the movies we'll miss out on. And yet, despite the fact honestly, <laughs> if you're polling people, you're polling people that call themselves active entertainment consumers and only 35% have, have only heard of it. Not even seen it, only heard of it. Right. So, yeah. Yes. That's absurd. Um, yeah, it is kind of absurd. Very, very absurd. But, yeah, just thought that was interesting. Um, and the next article I have, moving on, talking about uh, Knives Out. Uh, I got sequels planned for uh, Netflix. Netflix bought the sequels for $450 million. Yeah. To give, uh, yeah, yeah, to give uh, the filmmaker. Um, Ryan Johnson directed Knives Out in 2019, so he got a bunch of money, bunch of money to make sequels to that. Oh, you same. guys enjoyed that movie, yes? Yeah, I enjoyed it, but I mean, why not pay half that and see if Knives Out Two works? <laughs> you, I mean, you paid double, and now you got three. You know, like yeah, you, you well, took something that was like a, a box office thing, and now you're gonna like, where it's a Netflix thing. And you're just, you, yeah. you paid that much money. Do you think it's going to draw that much money in? Do you think they're going to profit um, off of that? Well, just like with always, they, Netflix and other streamers don't share their data. So you have no idea what they make. You know, <laughs> if they're paying $450 million, they're banking on the fact that uh, Ryan Johnson's next two movies are going to bring in probably, you know, a billion dollars worth of revenue, right? Yeah. And also, it's like they're paying. You said, you know, let's see how the first one does. Well, that's not how <laughs> that's not how how Hollywood works. They, you know, they lock people into multi-picture deals all the time. You know, with the Avengers stuff and with any with any franchise, you always lock in people for multiple 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 projects. You know, yeah. at that one point, you want to be like, hey, make this make Knives Out too. Oh, it made a billion dollars. Well, shit, we only locked him in for one movie. Now he's gonna run off and make another Star Wars movie or whatever, and he's gonna be tied up for years and years with that. So. They want to, you know, lock them in for the next five to seven years to make two sequels to this, as opposed to making one. Hollywood does. Hollywood is doing yeah, because Netflix that's, that's, is all about starting something for a season and then canceling it the next time. <laughs> yeah, they've been doing that a lot. Yeah, they do that too a much. Lot. Too many good shows. I don't know. Santa Clara Diet. Are, Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There, there's an argument to be made that you know. Sometimes it's better to cancel a thing or finish a thing before it gets worse. You know, leave them, leave them wanting more. Leave, you know, leave when you're ahead. I want Quit more while you're Punisher. Ahead. You want more Punisher? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Daredevil. Yeah. And Daredevil. Yeah. 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 Don't we all? But yeah, so that's all I had for this week. Um, Carrie, you saw Nomadland this week. I did. You did. Uh, general thoughts about Nomadland. What do you, what do you think of this movie? It um it caused me a bit of anxiety. Just mm. um, <laughs> uh, wait about that. Life. I, I can't. I couldn't live like that. Yeah, I I like so much of my my comfort and my uh, like being able to get through life is knowing that I have 
a home to go home to with the people I love and where I can just be myself and not worry about how I look. And, and I, I just, I, I need to have that place to go home to and a van just wouldn't, wouldn't do it for me. It wouldn't, no matter how, how spiffy I made it, I, I wouldn't be able to make it feel like a home. What if it was down by the river? <laughs> that's a bad that's a bad thing to do have a van down by a river um so this movie is a it takes neorealism um elements neorealism i talked about this when we talked about it uh with me and dion but it is a film movement characterized this is from the wikipedia article Uh, it's a film movement characterized by stories set amongst the poor and the working class filmed on location, frequently using non-professional actors. So if you went into this movie and you didn't know that they were using non-professional actors other than uh, Francis McDormand and David Strathairn, Strathairn, whatever you say his name, uh, could you tell that they were non-professional actors? Um, There were a couple times um, where I thought the conversation they were having was like, oh, that's a real person. I think it was the time... She was sitting with someone and talking about rocks. Mm. And the woman was only in the one scene. And, and just the way she was talking to her about the rocks, I was like, this is, that's a real person that just really. It's like likes she's explaining rocks. it to you, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 And I don't know. It just seemed like a real situation yeah. that wasn't scripted. It just. Yeah. I thought so too. It was the, the conversations that they were having when she was like one on one, kind of, you, you, you saw it more. What? There was a point where I was like, um, the, the old guy was talking when they were doing their, their circle, uh, what, what, what would you call that? They got all their, their, their uh, vans all circled up and, you. huh? You can't hear me? <laughs> if you didn't know everyone, but Francis McDormand and David Strahanth are not professional actors, could you tell? I said that I could tell a couple of times specifically when, um, she was sitting with a woman who was only in one scene, I believe, and the woman was going was going through her rock collection. It <laughs> it just yeah. seems so like pointless. It just seemed like a, a conversation that would really happen that wasn't scripted. It was just a woman who really liked talking about rocks and yeah. like borderline mm-hmm. rambling. Like, yeah, very informative. Like too much information. Yeah. For it to be like a script, it's like yeah, yeah you're, you're explaining something to me right now, and a lot. Of, what's that word? Um, a lot of uh, what was the, the uh, I can't remember the word. <laughs> it was like the tenant guy, the director. What, what's that word? He he likes to use a lot. Content. No, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, I I I mean when they were. Do- it was those conversations in particular that I, I feel what you're saying. Uh, there was a part where it was like when, when the guy was addressing the caravan, they were, they were kind of like doing a, uh, um, like it's like a classroom session. Like they're, they're talking about all the stuff going on. And uh, I was like, this, this seems like, you know, it could be scripted, but it feels like it's not. And then when they had the, their little one-on-ones, I was like, yeah, okay. Now I know that this is like an interview process almost. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know how many movies you've seen with Francis McDormand in it, but did you like? Was this like, a, oh shit, this is really good? <laughs> it's like my one of my favorite uh, Francis McDormand's uh, performances. Um, I'm trying to think of what I've seen her in. Like, I know I've seen her before. We didn't watch yeah. it, but she was in like what was it, three billboards or something. Yeah. yeah, she's in that French Dispatch with Timmy, oh, but that hasn't that come out yet. You, oh. Yeah. What yeah, other movies was she movie in? Fargo. Oh yeah, that's right. She was the cop. <laughs> I've never seen Fargo. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, wow. fun. You rectify that immediately. Uh, let me see. What else? What else? What else? A lot of uh, Coen Brothers films. The Man Who Wasn't There. Uh, Burn After Reading. She was in that. Okay. I don't remember that movie that well. Gotcha. She was in Transformers Darker the Moon. Oh, shit. She was that. so good in that. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? She was in Medigas. She was in Transformers. Uh. Transformers 4. 3? 4? Whatever it was. She Yo, was in uh, we, Raising Arizona. We should stay on huh? track before the computers blow up. <laughs> it's safe to say that Carrie has oh, not watched oh. any of those movies. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Um, let me see. So, did you like David Shrietharn in this? A lot of very different. It than took he me a did. really long time to figure out that that was him. I, I did, yeah. I was probably halfway through the movie where I was like, Oh, it's that guy. He said something a certain way, and I was like, Oh, the guy from Lincoln, and that guy, yep. and the guy from League of Their Own. Yep, yes, yep, those two things. Yep, I hadn't realized until she pointed really? that to pointed that out, really. Too. Yeah. Really? I mean, I, I knew he looked familiar, and I was like, yeah. It was, it, I guess it was like that feeling it was that guy without actually saying it's that guy. Like, uh, internally, yeah. I was like, it's that guy. And then that guy, when yeah. she was like, yeah. No, I didn't. I'd, the Lincoln dude. And I was like, yeah. For the first half of the movie, I was convinced I'd never seen that guy before in my life. Yeah. And, then I'm like, <laughs> and then it just clicked. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, where do you think she goes from here? Uh, she was very... Like um, torn between living a quote unquote normal life in a house, right? Because her sister wanted her to sort of settle down, and David Strand's character wanted her to settle down with him as well. Um, but she sort of takes off at the end. Do you think she's going to continue the nomad lifestyle after this? Or is she going to go for a little bit longer with that and come back to quote unquote uh, you know real life, the normal life, or is she going to keep being a nomad? I think she's going to keep being a nomad. Everything, yeah. every time it. Um, the guy, the that guy was saying, like, "Come on, you can stay here. We can do this together." It, it seemed like she got super uncomfortable and like wouldn't give him a straight answer. It just seemed pretty clear to me that, that she was not not gonna be interested in that for very long. Right, 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 right. Um, let me see. I was gonna ask you something else. Oh, the cinematography. Uh, this is up for best cinematography. I believe I have it for that. Uh, would you give this just <laughs> yeah? If the Oscars were today, would you give it this? Yeah, yeah, you would. Yeah, I okay. mean, I not that I I've would. seen many movies, but yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, and as far as like her versus uh, Carrie Mulligan for Best Actress, who do you give it to? Who would you give it to? That's tough. Probably her. Yep. I, I yeah. Has she ever won before? 
She did for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, I believe. Hmm. Might have been her second one, too. What do you think pushes her over the edge, over over Carrie Mulligan? Me? Yeah. I don't know. I I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Just that No More Land is probably the the better movie, so therefore (laughs) would make her the most likely to win. Yeah. She's won two Oscars. Um... See, winner, winner, winner. I think she oh, did a lot. Fargo. She did a lot. Well, uh, really good in that movie. The thing is, as these people, the fact that these other people weren't actors, I feel like I know other people like praise it because it's hard to, I guess, act while dealing with people that don't act. I guess that's one way you could look at it. But at the same time, like I felt at times she really didn't have to do much except just sit there and, and take in their information and just kind of have like a, a facial experience. Well, actually, even when that was happening, it was just like it was the, the cameras were focused on the people talking. Like she, she did good for what she was. Like, like you said, she got all those manner, manner, uh, mannerisms correct. Like you could tell, yeah. you, you could tell she was getting itchy where all these like sentimental moments and like uh, living in a house wasn't for her and going back and seeing her past. Like, she, she, you know, like the, the torment on her face kind of like every time she brought up her husband you know she did that well but other than that it, like it, it's tough when you're working with a cast that isn't really actors actresses i feel like your job is a little bit easier because of that because like the bar is kind of set lower i suppose is what i'm saying mm. that's i, I would I'm pick mulligan be- over over francis McDormand. I would think it would be harder because like, let's say, you know, it doesn't matter if you're acting or you're working on an oil rig, or you're working in a factory. If you're working with people that don't know what they're doing, it makes your job a lot harder, right? Cause you got to pretty much <laughs> put that whole performance and whole uh, scene that you're starring in other with other people that never, never done, never done this before. You're putting that shit in your back. <laughs> yeah. You're putting that whole scene in your back. Right? That, that's an argument, but it, it's kind of like if, if you were, if there was the give and take, there like if you wanted them to be actors and actresses and they're and they're kind of like it's almost like an improv sesh and uh i can see how that would be a problem but when like the the more powerful moments of this when there were other people talking it was just the other people talking and and her character was just sitting there listening so there wasn't a whole lot she had to do except just be a listener i guess is my point and so yeah she was she, she didn't have her acting chops on 100% 100% of the time. So that's why I, I, I might take it down a notch. But that's me. I'm all about percentages. How how, how often this person's yeah. in a, a movie, like what compared to somebody else and how mm-hmm. they have to always keep it on or, you know, whatever like that. So that that's just me and my number yeah. brain going off. <laughs> Your number brain? My numbers brain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, let me just see one second here and this is break it up again sorry about that um how's it sound now yeah sound fine all right um i was gonna say i listened to interview with her and i listened to a lot of actor interviews um just overall and they're always talking about how a large percentage of what acting is is reacting you know it's it's sitting there listening and reacting to whatever the person is saying or doing so i feel like if you are somebody like her who's been classically trained, right, and 
and knows all the things that you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. I feel like uh, reacting, sitting there and reacting, and then so much of the performance, like you said, is her sitting there listening to these people tell their story or whatever. And I think it's it's something where if I was going to go in and I was this classically trained actress like she is and have all these um, have all these these tools in my tool belt that I know is like okay, we do this and then we do this and then we do that, and then coming into a to a thing like this where the other person is just sort of being them for, for, for a certain extent. Right. Right. Um, and isn't really doing the things that you were trained to do. I can feel, I can see how that would be jarring, you know, to, yep. to come into an environment like that. No, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So I can see why she, yep. she could win this uh, very easily. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends um, on what side of the fence you're falling on. Yeah. 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 Uh, so we're coming to the end of the discussion here, but, uh, one, one more thing. Did you think, uh, what do you think, but overall for Nomad or Promising a Woman's chances for Best Picture? If you had to just guess between these two, Carrie? Uh, I'd, Nomadland. Nomadland, for sure. Nomadland, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's the one I I think, like you said earlier, it's got the, um, what's the word? Momentum. Momentum. The momentum. <laughs> yeah. From the, from the Golden Globes. It won the Best Picture at the Golden Globes. I think Francis McDormand won for Best Actress, I believe. Um, so yeah, probably going to go win win that. Um, and Dean, you have the one last question. Yeah, follow here. up question. Um, sure. What size bucket are you? What were the choices? Uh, if you just had to shoot out a gallon size. Oh man, how are I'm your not, knees? I'm not good. My knees are fine. Okay, so you wouldn't need one of the tall ones, so you could. I don't want to be squatting though. Okay. I want to be able to sit. All right. So, uh, not Damien with the the hefty garbage can. <laughs> We're talking maybe like uh, a like a sixteen gallon. I, I don't have any <laughs> any concept of how many how big buckets are, how many gallons they hold. Okay. So this is let's let's just say a normal whatever normal? The, the 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 yes. fact, uh, factory <laughs> brand bucket is installed on a van i will like take that bucket that over there no oh, i don't want to have to sit on yeah, that. yeah you'd have to squat down real low yeah that that's one. too low yeah too low what if you put it on a chair that should be fine then okay all right getting there cool my, my issue would be i need a funnel i need something to the bucket itself isn't the problem like the, the container size it's just my stuff goes everywhere. Like there's a, it's, a, it's like a shotgun shot coming out of my butt. And so I definitely need some Good more God. buffer zone. I need a buffer zone to keep my doo-doo in check. You know what I mean? So You sure know how to paint definitely. a picture. <laughs> with poop. <laughs> with a poop. Picture with a poop. So that was Nomadland. Uh, you, you, what did you recommend this film, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Worth a watch for sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yep. Very good. Uh, if you had to give it a something out of a ten, mm. a scale of one to ten, what are we thinking? Mm. Eight point five. Wow. Eight point five. Very strong. I had seven. Nice. Seven. Yeah. Hmm. I was like, well, I mean, I came in and I was like, it's a fine movie, and Damien was like, why are you the way what, that what you did, are? What did Damien <laughs> give it? I don't know. Like, I think, uh, let me see. Actually, I have it written down. Let me give me one second. I can find it. If I had to guess what I just put down for it, I would say nine out of 10. Wow. Um, yeah. No so, land. 
I had this conversation with Carrie a little bit. Um, I asked her if she would watch this again because I, when I said I gave it a seven, it was a fine movie. When I say a fine movie, it's it's not something I'm really going to go back and watch again. If, if it was on TV and somebody was watching it, you know, I'd I'd sit down and watch it, but it's nothing I'm going to go out of my way for. An eight point five is, yeah. is it's kind of high. It sounds like something that you would willingly watch again. Like if you saw it on, you're like, eh, I could watch Friends rerun or <laughs> Nomadland. I don't know. I'd have to give it some time before I watched it again. I think it. Yeah, it, that's yeah. It sure. was it was long. I felt like, or maybe it's just because I was tired when I was watching it. But yes, it it was long, and it was like I said, it made me feel anxious the whole time, yeah. pretty much. So I think I could watch it again, but maybe in like a year, I wouldn't watch it again anytime soon. Did you say that the way it made you feel probably influenced your eight point five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can see that. Interesting. It, it, it okay. made it feel real to you. It is long. It's no Snyder cut, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, I is, still, I don't understand like how people can live like that. Even like I've talked to you about this before. Like people, when or like kids when their parents split up and they have two different bedrooms, they're living in two different houses. Like I don't. That makes me uncomfortable. That makes me anxious. Having to live, and I've never had to, but living in two different houses, having my stuff in two different places, not knowing like, Oh, I'm going to be there one day. I'm going to be there the other night. Like that, the whole situation just makes me feel anxious. So yeah, it's pretty frustrating. So living in a traveling van and not knowing what my next job was going to be. Yeah. And not knowing if, you know, not knowing that if I was going to have enough money to do anything like that, the whole, uh, it's just a ball of anxiety for me. All right. of it. <laughs> All now, of all the things in her life make me anxious. How anxious you are. Did you feel like there was a, a lack of like bad things happening? Like uh, the undertone, you know, like her, her husband died and all these people who have the reasons to be out there, whether it be, you know, just because they wanted to get away from everything or some kind of financial hardship. Some people lost their 401ks and stuff. But there were like specific instances where she was like in the, the parking lots and she'd get a knock on the door and it'd be like, who's there? Who's there? Like you expect something bad to happen. You're on the road in a, a strange place every single night. The, the lack of something bad happening. Was that surprising given that you were so anxious? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did expect something bad to happen to her. And yeah. that's what I'd be thinking if I were out on the road by myself all, all my whole life, like living in a van, not having a house where I could go home and feel safe and not having anyone else around me being alone all the time. Like, yeah. I don't, I'd never, I feel like I'd never be able to let my guard down at all. Right. I'd always be on the lookout for someone to come steal my shit or someone to come hurt me. Yeah. Cause I feel like they, they definitely kind of sugarcoated that in a way. What I, they had that one woman there where she was like, this is my stuff. Like you can't, you can't do it. And then she was like scolding her cause she didn't have certain items and she didn't like, have I, a spare tire. Yeah. It was like, that's going to get you killed. And at the same time, it's like, I feel like there are people that would go that that level it's just like all right i'm gonna take your stuff because i need to survive like i don't know seem i it actually was a conscious decision i i guess on the director's part to kind of eliminate that kind of uh element of the movie like bad people bad bad things like that from happening and just focus on the lifestyle and but all right that's all i got thank you for indulging my questions you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that 
was Nomad Land. Um, so did you watch anything else this week? Read, read, listen to, watch. Uh, I'm still uh, plugging my plugging away at the Hamilton biography. I'm about yep. 300 pages, 300 something pages in now. Um, nice. uh, yeah, lot. This the man was a genius. Like I, I took. Hmm. Like, don't want to brag here, but I took AP history and like advanced college history classes and stuff. And so all smart. I remember about Hamilton was like, okay, yeah, he started banks and he was like the first <laughs> treasury secretary and he died in a duel. Like that was my, Stupid that was all I could really remember about him. Stupid. But the man was a genius. Like uh, he lived, you know, 200 something years ago. And all the stuff that he, the plans he put into place are what made our country what it is today. It's just, yeah. And the fact that he died when he was like 40, the the amount that he was able to accomplish in so little time is just staggering. Like, I don't know when he slept. Hmm. I don't know. And he's still like, by this account, he was still like a, a good father and like spent time with his kids, but he also wrote and wrote and wrote and, and it invented all of these financial policies that are in place today. It's just, it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you said he did so much stuff and he died pretty young. Given how fickle people were back then, do you think that if he was to have survived, he would have done something to undo his legacy? Or what he had just I mean, kept he did. greater heights. He, all, he did in his own life before he even died. That's why, like, he was so important during Washington's presidency. And then he kind of, after that, he was, like, living in disgrace after that. And then he died. From his, his failed marriage? or his- It wasn't a failed. It was his, um, basically, first sex scandal in American politics nice yeah he was he was having an affair and he was paying off the mistress's husband to not tell anybody and then um and then the 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 (laughs) husband told people anyway well he the husband got arrested and was like like, well i got some dirt i got some (laughs) dirt to give you and so so he went and told people about what happened and and instead of instead like he Hamilton wasn't upset the fact that he got caught having an affair he was upset that people thought he was using government money to pay off this guy uh-huh. so when he wrote a pamphlet that he published explaining, yes, I had an affair. This is what happened. Let me tell you all the details. I didn't do anything wrong. Like I didn't break the law. And he basically told the whole world about his affair because he was afraid that his, his legacy would get ruined. I'm kind of a shithead, but I didn't use your taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Eh? I use my own eh? money. Vote for me. <laughs> so like yeah he was already kind of in disgrace okay. a little so bit before like. before he even died and i think Can people look back now and say wow well, look at all that stuff he did but if you had asked people 150 years ago if they thought he was a good guy probably not so much i think the 
the tide has kind of turned on how people view him and now people appreciate his his genius. But he was also not a very well, like either you liked him or you hated him because he never had, like he could never meet people halfway. If he believed in something, he was going to write you a 150 page paper defending why he thought that way and he wasn't willing to compromise. So it's he he made a lot of enemies right. in his life. Well, like someone like Fred Durst would be his friend because it was his way or the highway. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Alexander Hamilton, genius, and and Fred Durst. That's a tag the team same that I want to sentence. See. Yeah, never thought you'd see the day. Yeah, you were just like how, Hamilton. I can rise to whole new heights. You were saying how he got in trouble for paying off a, a woman, paying off a guy, or whatever. Her husband, yeah. He tried, tried to make a situation go away by paying off the affair. Yeah, um, it'd be weird if if today we had a person who used campaign finance money to pay off a porn star that he was sleeping with that would, that would you know that person would never be president today right uh right. if only he would get into a duel oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> the views on this podcast are not explicitly this right? <laughs> allegedly allegedly the press allegedly the president uh, i don't even know who you're talking about yeah, what do you I don't mean either. what do you even mean right um, now I have no idea. I'm just, just, I'm just saying if a person did that, it would be cool if they got into a duel. Someone was to. <laughs> hypothetically, hypothetically if speaking. This porn, yeah. The president paid off a porn star. We would like it very much if he would duel somebody on Fifth Avenue because, you know, if he shot somebody on Fifth Avenue, he still wouldn't get in trouble. So it's fine. <clears throat> you got to go to anyway. New Jersey. got to go to Jersey. Yeah. Everything's Every legal in New Jersey. <laughs> so that's I, cool. that was I was just uh, quoting the play. I know you didn't catch that. I, I didn't get that. No, no I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't get either. Um, <laughs> I don't know how long, much longer you want to stick around, but I finished a book this week called "The Invisible Life of Eddie Larue," written by V. E. Schwab, who wrote "Vicious." Uh, this book I listened to a couple of months ago. It's about two college students who research superhuman abilities, and that was very good. So I. Checked out this person's latest book that came out in October of 2020 called The Invisible Life of Eddie LaRue. It's about a woman who makes a deal to have unlimited freedom and it is basically a uh, deal with the devil. It's a monkey paw sort of deal. Uh, she's living in France in the, in the early 1700s. She's about to be married away. <clears throat> she runs into the woods and calls upon this spirit. And the, uh, I don't know what you call it. The old lady of the village tells her about, you know, summoning spirits. And she's like, whatever you do, don't talk to gods that work after dark or something. I forgot what the quote was, but something like that. So she goes into the woods, talks to a guy, talks to this evil force spirit. And it's like, I want a limited freedom. And he's like, are you sure? And she's like, yes, I wanted freedom. I'm going to be married. And I don't want to be married. And I want freedom now. Unlimited freedom, please. I'll do anything. And he's like, anything you say. So he snaps his fingers. And from then on, she is she has uh, unlimited youth. She's uh, gonna be gonna be uh, living forever. She's basically immortal, right? But the monkey's paw element of it is that as some as soon as somebody leaves the room, they completely forget her. She can't be remembered by anybody ever. So that is the that is the twist of the of the wish there. Hmm. So that, I thought that was interesting. So she survives. She lives for three hundred years. Very interesting life she led for 300 years in, in France and England and Spain and Italy. 
<clears throat> then she eventually makes it to America and she meets a man who can remember her and can uh, sort of, you know, she can have a relationship with him. Because that is, that, is that is the saddest part of the story is there's a, there's a part in the middle where she meets a man. They have this, you know, night where they have these really deep philosophical discussions about love and death and life and all this stuff. And at the, in the morning he turns over for, you know, 30 seconds or whatever and turns back and is like, who the fuck are you? So very, very good book uh, called the invisible life of Eddie LaRue. Uh, I can, I can imagine Rachel McAdams playing this character if they make a movie about it. <laughs> yeah. She was in time Traveler's wife and about right. time and, all these all these time travel movies so uh, does she yeah, uh, does she adjust with the times like she's not still like a a woman from the 1700s she's like a modern day woman yeah, exactly she's not she's not running around like why can't women vote that shouldn't mm. be a thing uh, she's not like that. <laughs> gotcha that's interesting <laughs> yeah 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 um the way she survives you know is very interesting the way she can there's there's there are some moments in this where she gets into scrapes she gets into some very she's cornered at a certain point where she's going to be killed or or in prison for a long time and they have that sort of deus ex machina thing of the of the evil uh forest spirit comes and saved her like one point she's in jail and she basically is like can you come here she's like she can summon him at any point or whatever and she's like oh, i fucked up can you come here and help me out and she's like yeah I'll, I'll get you out of here so it's very very there are certain points where you're just like i feel like the author was like shit <laughs> I run myself into a corner. I don't know how she's going to survive this. Let me just, you know, summon, summon the forest spirit and, and get pull her out of here. So, uh, yeah, I like that a lot. That sounds in, like an interesting read. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, Dion, did you have something you want to talk about with the doc? The Ooh, doc! Doc's got a book Mr. out. Respect. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's called Violence, Speed, Momentum. Who'd have thought? <laughs> uh, yeah, right? He's the audio book is narrated by the doc himself. I don't have it, but I have seen people postings about it and I know people that have it. Um, very exciting. Uh, I've listened to a five minute preview on audible. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's basically, it was, he was talking about being at Applebee's and just ordering the menu. Uh, if you watch a doc stream, y- you know exactly what I'm saying without even having to say it. All right. Yeah. Um, there's two and a half pages of him just saying, yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't hear that on the five minute preview, but I imagine it sounded phenomenal. If if it actually if he read two and a half pages worth of yeah, 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 that is incredible. And I mean, I guess this. What's that? Depends if he was depends if he was like double spaced. You know what I mean? How big was? Oh, I saw it was all single space. Font was actually pretty tiny considering some things so yeah 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 okay. it was okay. two and a half pages it was crazy there. uh wait check me he he sold out walmart within a day wow yeah i mean the man i saw a clip where he was he was saying he's on the amazon uh top list top top bestsellers list and he I pulled out but, but then he pulled out to the screen and it showed him like number three as number three minecraft books so not, not quite top three yeah Man, I remember like all the. Uh, I know the New York Times bestseller list is kind of like you know it's whatever. Wrestlers can get on there with all their books. I remember the Rock and Mankind, and you know everybody had one. I can yeah. see yeah, the yeah. Doc being. Imagine though, Doctor Disrespect, New York Times bestselling author. It just has a nice <laughs> ring to it. Put it on the put it on the thing. Extend his title from 
back-to-back blockbuster video game champion, and then you New York Times bestseller. He'd have like this whole what? What do they call that thing for royalty? I forget. You know, like Daenerys, Stormborn, blah blah blah, Sir? Mother oh, of Dragons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah, he would just add, he would, it just keeps adding stuff to it. Phenomenal. <laughs> but yeah, uh, he's at the tippy yeah. top, man. He is, and he's mm-hmm. only halfway there. Good for him. Oh, look at uh, all those really excited. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he is. I bet he is. He was, yeah, he was full on defending the whatever. Man's got to do what a man's got to do. <laughs> um, but anyways, moving on. Uh, Big Picture talked about this week about their top five blockbusters since Kong and Godzilla versus Kong came out this week, which we great movie talking about later. Fantastic movie. So their topic of the week was top five blockbusters. Uh, number one was a was Independence Day for Amanda. I mean, Dobbins picked Independence Day. She was like, "This is." They did a thing where they were like, "You know, we can't let's 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 uh, focus this down because if we're doing blockbusters, that that's they can encompass a lot of things." So let's try to uh, try to get specific with this. So he was like, "You know, nothing from no superheroes, no." Um, I think I thought he said something like no recent ones or something like that. But anyways, it was something where they all had very interesting picks. They were all like from the '90s. A lot of them for you know I saw this when I was a kid. A lot of Jurassic Parks. A lot of a lot of stuff from the '90s. So uh, Amanda said, you know, Independence Day. She saw that in theaters. I actually didn't see that in theaters, but I specifically remember waking up Christmas morning and getting seeing that that VHS underneath the tree and watching it before my parents even woke up. Like what the fuck is this? I was like, I have seen it three times. What do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you from, What do you want from me? I I've seen this already three times. Christmas morning, so yes, I, I highly agree with with Amanda's pick for that. What would your top like five blockbusters be? Just off the top of your head. Uh, all right. Can I can I add superheroes? Sure. All right. So I'd probably say something like um, some of these are gonna. I actually wrote down a list, so it's not really off the top of my head. Uh, does this have to be oh. something you saw in the theater? Yeah, that's actually that's that's pretty much the only guideline I went with is okay. that I saw it in a theater. Yeah, I was going for the experience, and and some of these, you can argue that they were not blockbusters, but the way they made me feel felt like a blockbuster. I, I put down <laughs> Matrix at five. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. the one with Jet Li. Ah. I I left the theater. <laughs> I was ready to fight everyone i was the one yeah all right at the yeah. end of that he was just like he's like oh you bitch he's like, they're like you bitch you're here with us he's like i am no one's bitch you are all my bitches and then they just start fighting you're, everybody to drowning pool i'm not locked i'm not <laughs> locked in here with you you're locked in here yeah, with me. exactly and that's how it just went to credits after that i'm like hell yeah dude let's go uh, <laughs> armageddon yeah yeah, yep. yeah yeah end game obviously and my yes. number one is uh, a little out there, but I have never been more jazzed after watching a movie than I was after this. And that movie is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie. <laughs> and, be, and I'll tell you what, that thing grossed yeah. $67 million. No. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck in here. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, so... Whew. Don't knock it until you watch it. You were saying, uh, reminded me of what you said about leaving the theater and wanted to do, wanted to do kung fu or whatever. What was uh-huh. the one you said? The, the, the one. one. Whatever. The one. 
the yeah. one. Yeah. I remember leaving. I remember leaving the theater for uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. I didn't. I wasn't in the theater for two, but I saw three in theaters. And I remember specifically coming out of there and doing like jumping flying kicks down the <laughs> ramp. Be like, I fucking want to be a Ninja Turtle now. Ma, get me, make a Ninja Turtle. I'll be honest with you. I didn't even know Teenage Mutant Ninja Give Turtles 3. Give me the secret ooze, mom. I didn't even know TMT3 yeah. went to theaters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was pretty bad, right? <laughs> that was regrettable. Yes. <laughs> yes. Indeed. Uh, Although if you wanted to go comedy, your, yeah. say The Hangover. Hangover was fire. Yeah, I had a good time in the theater that that for that movie. I remember wanting to quote the whole. It must have come out in two thousand nine, like right before we got married, because I remember preparing for my bachelorette party, and my sister was making T-shirts, and I put a quote, or somebody, there was, we're all using like hangover quotes on these T-shirts, but I don't remember what the quotes were. Oh, but it was really funny. I remember being super into it thinking that was the, the best movie it ever made movie yep uh i'll add i don't have a top five but um titanic for me oh yeah um I, I feel like it was the first the first movie i saw in theaters that ever made me feel f- like grown-up feelings, grown up feelings. like nice. it wasn't just <laughs> like an animated movie or a kid's movie it made me feel like yep i want to have a boyfriend i want to um uh, fly with him on the front of the boat i don't i want to have sex with him in a in a 1920s car not do karate in the garage (laughs) i want to have sex no i was too young for that then (laughs) but these parts i do like i want to dance with a boy it like it was the first time i felt those like yep yep i definitely want to fall in love and I want to have a boyfriend and all that kind of stuff that like first time feeling adult feelings at a movie theater yeah. and, and walking out of there and being like, I will buy every Leonardo DiCaprio poster that teen beat has to offer and make Leonardo DiCaprio wallpaper in my room. You, you were officially on the Leo train at that point. At that point. It was that point. It wasn't before. It was, yeah, right it was there. not before. It was the moment. Yeah. It was that moment. And then not for very long after wasn't a long train ride. That's funny because, I mean, you know, people obviously, nothing against Kate Winslet, I suppose, but I, I I don't think that the reaction to her was as big as like Leo. Leo mania. Yeah. Right. And uh, right. how did you feel about Kate Winslet? Kate Winslet. Winslet. Kate? Oh, my well, God. Kate Winslet. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about her? Things were awakened in me. Yeah, when I saw that. Well, with the, the drawing. Draw me like one of your French girls. Yeah, that was the first booby I saw in okay. a theater. In That's a movie fair. Yeah, I get parents, you. With my parents, which wasn't great. Um, <laughs> You're like, do I, I think look of her in general? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just uh, feeling, in comparison, you know, because Carrie's got Leo yeah, here, and it was kind of like right. it's like, oh, Leo's so dreamy, but like, you know, Kate. Winslet, she's beautiful, but it wasn't a, like it wasn't my. It wouldn't have been my pick, I, su- I suppose. Uh, do you right. think it was an appropriate pick? I, I'm guessing. I know we're well, not in it for I the mean, looks or anything, but the dreamboat status that Leo okay. had. All right. Yes, I wasn't like no, I wasn't in that uh, mindset yet of being like, do I like this? What do I like in a, in a lady in a lady person? I wasn't in that mindset yet. 
Um, but no, the the thing about her is, if you look back on the reaction to her, she got a lot of hate for how she looked. Like people were like, "Ooh, she's a little chunky," or she was getting chunky, I think, or something. Something she was putting on weight after that movie came out. So she went into hiding for not hiding, but like she didn't do a lot of uh, press after that. She didn't do a lot of movies after that. So I can that's one of the reasons she didn't like blow up as a huge uh, sex symbol or even actress back then. So blow up, Damien, really? Blow blow up, yes. Like a, like a doll. You're terrible. <laughs> Over here saying that yeah, no, I think about her, fe- her, her weight and you're saying she blew up. Wow. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. All right. Wow. But no, I think uh, she's a very attractive woman. Yes, I agree. Right yeah, I agree. I, I, I just, I, I found it weird. It's again. just the, yeah. the levels of uh, romantic feelings from the opposite sexes, you know, and this right. is a but romantic movie at its, at its base. Also, were you at an age where you would have appreciated that or were you still in Mighty Morphin Power Ranger yes. phase where yes, you're like, it Mighty doesn't Morphin have too. the action. I, I I remember my girlfriend trying to get me to go to it. Like she wanted me to watch it and I was like, pass. Like I don't want to watch Titanic. Was, and, yeah. and Damien, you said you watched Titanic. So I don't know if like this, have you always been like this, uh, this, this movie buff that you are now? Is that why you went to the movie? Because when we're talking about Titanic, what drew you to Titanic? I can understand what drew Carrie to Titanic, but you, what, drew, what was it that brought you into the theater? Drove me Titanic. Yeah, nice. My parents, <laughs> parents drove car, you. Yeah, you were car. young then. You yes. couldn't drive. That makes sense. All right, that question answered. Yeah, moving know. on. Fucking, <laughs> 11, 12 years old. The biggest movie of the year, and we went inside. Yeah. That's no, like, your parents are just aware. like, let's go watch some people drown. <laughs> no, my 12-year-old Damien Brain was not even aware of what a good movie was back then. And actually, let me let me tell you a quick story that I just thought of this week, which was when I was like, well, it would have been 2005, so I was like 18 or, 19 or 20, right? And I saw a movie that I thought was the best movie of all time. And the 2021 Damien would have, no, I would never say that about this movie in 2005. Do you know, do you know what movie I'm talking about? That came out that would would have been like had blood, it had guts, it had titties. Um, do you remember? Do you know what movie I'm talking about? No. Sin City. Sin City. Yes, ah, exactly. Nice, nice yeah, pull, good, Carrie. good for you. Nice pull. Yes, exactly. Sin City. So, yeah, no, that was fun. My, it was fun, and I came out of the movie and I was telling everyone, "This is the best movie fucking of all time." So no, my yeah. To answer your question, my uh, what would you call it? My movie palette, my my taste in movies. Has evolved quickly, <laughs> massively over time. When I was twelve, I probably thought Titanic was the best movie of all time. Like I said, in two thousand five, I thought Sin City was the best movie of all time. So I, I was very uh, impressionable back yep, then. Okay. So I probably thought this was the best movie of all time back then. Because yeah. it had a titty in it. Because it had a titty, multiple titties, two titties to be exact. Yeah. So moving on, Carrie, do you want to uh, do you want to stay chat about any other time? Do you want to talk about uh, Kong versus Godzilla? Godzilla I do not. Kong. I did not watch it. Okay. I'll okay, head up to right. bed, but uh, thank you for having right. me. Yep, and yep, yep. Uh, you guys enjoy your your monsters. Who 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 are you yes, rooting for? Who are you rooting for? You root for had Kong. Kong. I was Kong. Yeah. Yes. Cool. Yep. Good stuff, monsters. guys. Spoiler alert: It doesn't go well for him. Oh dear! It went well for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely didn't go well after. Well, I mean, it got better. It got a lot worse, <laughs> but at the end, it got better. <laughs> okay, you guys have fun. Thank you. Well, thank you, Take care everyone.
<clears throat> okay, so you want to talk about Falcon and the Shoulder first? So that's on the yeah, docket sure. next. Yeah. Okay. So Falcon and the Shoulder, episode three, the Power Broker, debuted yesterday. What did you think of this episode? Um, it was fine. Just uh, <sighs> I still don't know what I'm doing with this this, this show. I'm just kind of like, you know, I, I feel like I'm in the backseat and you know, I'm, I'm asking Falcon and um, Bucky, both of them. you're not going to yeah. move your seat up, are you? And they're both like, nope. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> so, Which yeah. was a reference, it was a reference to, uh, what was it, Civil War, I want to say? Yeah. The, yeah, but Bucky's in the backseat. Yeah. Um, Bucky's in the backseat, I'm in the front seat. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. Friday, it's, Friday. continue i'm sorry continue it's interesting i like zemo i like his introduction into the show um it's it's weird because i feel like you have to just like take your your what you know about the avengers and just kind of throw it out to the window because it's it's not there right now like falcon seems to be like the only thread that's kind of like trying to to maintain what the Avengers were about. Like the the antics that Bucky pulled in this this episode, it was like yeah. they were criminal. Like straight up he 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 asked Falcon like Cap broke the law for me once. I need you to break the law for me now. And it's like, really? bro, Apple's- you are asking some insane shit right now. Yeah. And and getting Zemo to get out of prison like there's a point here. It's it's like, is Bucky a good dude? I don't know. Well, listen, you always got to have that guy in the group that's going to skirt the law. That's going to push the, the the boundaries of what's morally and ethically acceptable, right? To get the job done. I suppose, but I mean, do you? You're the Avengers. Are they though? Well, they're not. The I just said they weren't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just. It's I, a very confusing time. Yeah, yeah. Winter Soldier is like I don't know. I, I, he he's so focused on what Cap stood for and what's I, actually I feel like it's a little selfish. He he he's focused on what Cap stood for to him, like everything is about uh, what it means to him. Like they were having the discussion about the shield, and Falcon's yeah. just like, "I'll just destroy the damn thing," and the Bucky's like, "I'll beat your ass for it." Basically, is what he was saying. Like I will kill you before i let you destroy the shield because it means something to me like that's bucky is just all about himself right now and it's just this weird vibe and i don't know how to handle it i wish i wish iron man was back just beating his ass (laughs) into the ground again (laughs) well listen man he lost uh uh, he lost first round he'll probably lose the second round because that's he doesn't understand cap's dead combat cap died Iron Man could I, take I, Falcon I, and Winter well, Soldier. He could take Falcon and Winter Soldier. Cap Iron Man would win alive. that fight. We nope. had this discussion this week, and we've had it before when we're talking about Thanos. And Thanos is an S-tier hand-to-hand combatant. You don't engage in hand-to-hand combat with an S-tier guy. Like it's just you just don't. You got to learn what the what the advantages and disadvantages of fighting a, a dude is. And if Captain America, you're fighting Captain America and you're fighting Winter Soldier, you don't do hand-to-hand combat. I understand that he had, when they were fighting in Civil War, if you remember this, 
um, Friday was doing the, he was, she was analyzing Cap's um, fighting yep. technique. And, sick. And Bucky's fighting, yeah, it was sick. But he's still lost because that his, his natural advantage when he's fighting people is aerial combatant, aerial uh, air-to-air combat, not not hand-to-hand combat, air-to-air combat and projectiles. That's why in the fight with Thanos, they all lost because they were engaging with Thanos on his on his ground in his in his um, in his world. In the best the best the best thing Thanos can do at that point without the Infinity Gauntlet is to fight hand-to-hand, close up, right, close up fighting, and. Two out of three of the guys fighting him at that point, Cap and um, Thor, or no, no, sorry, Iron Man and Thor, <clears throat> had projectiles. Like uh, Iron Man has his missiles and and projectile beams. He has his uh, what's it called, the uh, proton beam, right? He has beams. He has missiles that he can launch at Thanos. He doesn't need to get up in his face, and he did that with Thanos, and he does it five years earlier or even earlier than that with, with cap. And he's just not learning his lesson. Like <laughs> everybody has their strength to weaknesses. And I think it's important that everyone, uh, uses those to their, to their advantage. Sure. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, you know, ultimately he, he, he lost that fight because he was focused on whooping Bucky's ass and he should have paid more attention to cap and, and cap is S tier hand to hand. So yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Yes. But a tier, I would say Iron A-tier. man put the ass whooping on Bucky and by your logic, you're saying Falcon should be able to beat the shit out of Cap if he just stays up in the air. You know, you got to use this shit to his advantage. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's it's, it would it's have, it would be... he. I mean, Iron Man straight up ripped off Bucky's arm, destroyed that bad boy. Okay. Thanks. You know, he was one. He was a one arm man in an ass kicking contest. Ain't gonna work out for him. Shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. To the Falcon. Yeah. Falcon the Winter Soldier, episode three. I feel like Baron Zemo had some nice dance moves when they were in that oh, club. Yeah, dude, he could boogie. I wasn't expecting that. He yeah. could. He was tearing up the dance floor. He yeah. really was. That, that, that whole um, scene, though, that seemed like completely unnecessary. That, that was the part where after like Sharon Carter came in and she's like, all right, we got to go. We got to go find this guy. And there was like this 20 second scene in a dance club. And, and Zemo's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> are you single yeah i'm ready to pot hey yeah. and then everybody else is just yeah. sitting there yeah. like yeah. and then it, they're in the they're in the uh contain container yard i'm like what the f- just happened yeah she's like yard, yeah. i found them guys and then it's just like they're in a shipping yard and it's like um all right and that that scene was just <laughs> to show off zemo's dance moves yes yeah it really was and he I did. also need to say it was unnecessary he did exactly that <laughs> so a lot of a lot of violence in this episode. I was listening to the yes. Vanity Fair podcast, and they highlighted the fact that there is a, a lot of guns, go, a lot of bullets going to people's heads. A lot of people just straight up, straight up getting murked. Yep. Sharon Carter took a page out a of Justice food. League, right? Yeah, dude, she murdered eight people. Murdered, murdered eight people on screen. I feel like. This is interesting that they are allowing this on the Disney Plus app. Yeah, which, you know, I mean, puts itself out. There. You got you got Deadpool coming up at some point, so I, I feel like sure. they they might be trying to they might be pushing that line back uh, each series, I suppose. But I had this thought where I was just like, I was talking to somebody about having my kid watch Marvel. I, I've talked about it on podcast before too, and it, I, it always comes down to like, is Star Lord in this? Because Star Lord's the the loose cannon. He's the one that's gonna be flipping people off or telling people to go fuck themselves. Um, 
But now we're getting closer to the, uh, like you're saying, this this over-the-top violence. And it's just like, I couldn't have my, my six-year-old watching this. Like, there was a point where, like, they had, like, guns right up against their head. Zemo shot that scientist. Sharon Carter, she blew someone's brains out. And it's like, okay, all right. I mean, yeah. I was not ready for that. Yeah, this is, uh, this is a step up in the violence department. Definitely, definitely, definitely. They're definitely going there. It's like almost um, like they, they, they watched Justice League and they're like, Snyder Cut. And it's like, that's yeah, we need more of that. It's like copy my homework. Just change it up a little bit. And they don't they don't show all yeah. the blood. They just show some blood. <laughs> yeah. Let me uh let me ask you this question from the article, from the recap article, and also from my own brain. Uh could Sharon Carter be the power broker? I was the thinking that says yep. the criminal criminal mastermind is referred to as he during the episode, but it's possible she stayed in the shadows. Tim and Bucky could be her best lead for tracking down Carly. Carly, you know who that is, and Zemo shoots Niggle before he can react to Sharon's arrival. Carly's the so Car- Carly's Maya Rudolph. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Maya, <laughs> Maya Rudolph looking, looking chick over there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong about that. Which I want I want to say because uh, is I'm I'm calling her Maya Rudolph. There was a a scene in there too where um they were talking. Who was the guy that Falcon had to impersonate? Like uh, Sex oh, Panther yeah. or whatever the hell his name was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he's just like he's like oh he's like he sure does look like me. It's like oh you can say it. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> all yeah. the all the yeah, subtle, yeah, yeah. All, not even subtle sometimes. All the racism that people are talking about in this show, and he's just like oh yeah this this black dude sure looks like me. It's like really. We're gonna do that. <laughs> it's okay for you to say. It. Is that is that the point you're trying to get across? You can say it, but no one else can. <laughs> That's yes, all I think when yes, I see yes. Maya Rudolph as uh as that that girl too. It's like, can I say that? I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna say it anyways. I don't know. The uh, what was it? The the smiling tiger. Smiling tiger. Yeah. And what did he have to eat? Like snake balls or something? Were they like snake testicles? Like that. Dude, the tell that he gave was just like, yeah, I'm smiling tiger. And he's like, oh, you want the usual? And he's like, sure. And they had to eat That's snake funny. balls. And the dude's like looking at him like, yummy, huh? And he's just like, he had to take four times to to, to hold it down. It's like, okay, you're not sex tiger. Uh, Fight. Fight now. We kill you. <laughs> Jesus. I like the idea that um, all of the Monets and all of the the paintings are like, yeah, no, everything in the in the in the Louvre that's bullshit. It's actually, I believe that containers. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, it's possible, right? Yeah, it's possible. No, going back to the the power broker thing though. Yes. Um, yes she yes, had yes. that scene in the car where it's just like, we have a problem or something like that. Like there there was kind of like this uh, this there's something you're not telling us, lady. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because how could she, she was saying she's been, you know, on the run for a long time, but she got snapped. It's, it's almost, I, I believe it was confirmed that she was dusted, um, after infinity war. So it's interesting how she could build up this amount of power, this amount of, uh, influence here if she was dusted for five years. Right. Um, I mean, it's possible, uh, given her history and that she's been blacklisted from the States, apparently, I think that if she yeah. was really serious, she could sell information and, you know, become powerful fairly quickly. Yeah. I don't know what kind of leverage she would have to to assume as much power as she would say, but right. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I could see there being a, um, I could see them explaining it to make it make sense. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this episode looked amazing. Got a, my uh, 55 inch HDR 4K TV. I love the, loved how Madripoor looked. Um, I think this this stuff is starting to get, aside from the Madripoor, a lot of the CGI didn't didn't do it for me. Uh, I think this is showing the effects of the coronavirus uh, delaying uh, post-production effects on stuff like this. You notice the fire effects when um, when Maya Rudolph blows up the the building, <laughs> sets on fire, right? I think the fire effects look pretty pretty not great when they're fighting in the shipping container, in the shipping area. Uh, the smoke looked, looked a little, little iffy, a little iffy there. Um, but let's talk about John Walker and what he's doing in this episode because he is going, he is, he is diving fully into, um, going bad, going rogue. Mm -hmm. Cause you see him, you said at the very beginning of the episode, it, it, we're talking about the flag breakers. Sorry, the, no, the recreation, uh, the global reparation council. Oh, okay. Um, open up with a commercial about that. And then you have, you have John Walker, doing a raid on suspected flag, uh, flag smashers hideout in Munich. So he, there's definitely, we're seeing a contrast between, uh, you know, John Walker and Sam is in terms of, well, also in terms of, you know, <clears throat> uh, Steve Rogers as cap. Cause Steve Rogers always, you know, whether you want to disagree with his, the outcome or not, he always felt like he was doing the right thing and always was pushing back against authority and pushing, pushing back against, Whoever was in charge, you know, uh, pushing back against the government when in in Winter Soldier, pushing pushing back against pushing back against uh, you know the Soviet Sokovia Accords in uh, in Civil War. So you have definitely this this sharp sharp contrast between the John Walker cap and the Steve Rogers cap. Correct? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. You had, on one hand, you had Captain America. This is corporate America. <laughs> That's very good. Very good summation of what I just said. Um, let's see. So yeah, he says at the beginning, you know, you, you know who I am when he's going in there and, and raiding the, the flag smashers. And this is a very deep contrast between what Sam does and what a lot of the, the Avengers do, which is not use their, their moniker. They don't use the mantle of whoever, whoever they are to their advantage. Right. They they don't, they don't do that. Especially when you see Sam trying to get a, a home loan from the bank and then the guy being the guy brought it up to him was like, "Oh, I I think I know your face. Who are you? Oh, yeah. you're the Falcon. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." So very very sharp contrast between you know Steve Rogers and the rest of the Avengers there. So that's, I think that's a good way. It's a really good way of again I always say this phrase, but showing not telling. You know, you're 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 not making it obvious in the dialogue. You're not making it obvious in the script. Where you're saying, you know, John Walker is. Breaking Bad, or whatever, <laughs> however you want to say, it, you're showing it in his actions, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's trying so to very, be somebody that already existed, and he's not doing a very good job at it. And while Falcon is, you know, just being himself, and it shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that we have, uh, let me see. Trying to go through the recap here. What else do I do? Was there anything else you wanted to bring up that I haven't mentioned yet about this episode? Um, it, I just <laughs> thought it was funny the the week that I'm watching. Uh, Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. Falcon, they're talking about Madripoor, and Falcon's like, why are you guys talking about this place like it's Skull Island? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ah, he said That's a thing. Funny. He said the thing. He said so, the thing, yep. yep. <clears throat> so uh, there, was a, there, up, there was uh, a song in Madripoor. Well, you're talking about the um, how it looked amazing. 
there was a song that yes. was just bopping like the the, yes. the soundtrack for this episode i bet it slaps <laughs> between yeah, the dance absolutely. club uh the 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 remix of i, I don't even know what style I, I guess it would be like a asian style mixed with like uh some some heavy bass yep. uh, i don't know it was, it was it was sweet yep um so uh at the very last let's say what 20 30 seconds of this episode we see bucky picking up these little little tracker devices and yes. he notices that he saw the technology was was wakandan based obviously he spent a lot of time there so he can notice he can notice what kind of he can the he can see what kind of technology when it's there right yep. white wolf um, the white wolf exactly exactly um so then the last a uh, few seconds of the episode he encounters io played by florence kasumba in an alley in riga lativa that's a lot of that's a lot of words with a that lot is. of consonants. Yes, it is. I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> you also a member you, of the, made me remember who she was. I I knew she looked familiar, but I, I didn't know the character, and I didn't actually look it up. So thank you for that. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I did. I wouldn't know it if I didn't have the recap pulled up in front of me. Uh, so she's a member of the Dora Milaje, Wakanda's all-female special forces group. She was last seen in Avengers: Infinity War, and now is tracking Zemo. She's presumably planning to bring him to justice for the bombing death of King T'Challa. I cannot fucking talk today. T'Challa. The bombing, the bombing death of King T'Chaka, not T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah, I corrected myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an attack orchestrated by Zemo and pinned to pin Bucky on that attack. Yep. Um, Yeah, I like that. They're like given like the whole uh, background. It's like you are aware that you know he blew up the the basically the UN and, 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 and killed, uh, King T'Challa T'Chaka and it framed you. And he's just like, and he's like, yeah, it's no problem. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, I was going to say, yeah, she's, she, this is, this is again, interesting. Like you said, uh, when we first started talking about the episode where Bucky is doing some, not on the surface, not great, He's making some not great choices here, right? Correct. Releasing him. I did want to talk about briefly the the what do you call it? The, the way they showed him breaking him out. He he. Bucky talks to hypothetically. And, hypothetically, what if there was a fight in the cafeteria? And hypothetically, what if the guards were distracted? And hypothetically, what if? Yeah. All while he's <laughs> saying all this doing, stuff and like the it's actually happening. In, in yeah. you keep saying Breaking Bad. And it reminded me of that prison scene a little bit where it's just like, he's like, Walt's looking at his watch and within those seconds, like all those people die. So here we are and that's Zemo breaking out and it just had that vibe to it. Yeah. Yeah. Really well done. Um, but where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So she's basically going to say to him, you know, the same thing that, that Falcon was saying, like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you are aligning yourself with a very bad person. Yep. And, uh, you know, that that's a very interesting show. The show is very interesting in that, you know, you, the, these people are all shades of gray, right? Um, John Walker, the new cap, is is slowly transitioning from all white, you know, the, the white knight into, you know, the gray knight, I guess we'll call him. Yep. You know, this, all these characters are, are shades of gray. Morally have the, have moral shades of gray. They're not all good or all bad. I think that's a very, very good, um, very good element of the show. Even the flag breakers too. Characters, yeah. Because uh, you, you kind of caught a glimpse into they were having um, my Ruff and her accomplice. They were having that um, conversation by the car, and she was. They were like, "Oh, 
what would you have done? You know, and they were talking what it was like to come back from the blip. And she was like, I would have been a teacher, but then this happened. And, you know, to hear yeah. criminals say like, I'm going to, I would be a teacher. And then you also saw, I assume her mother or someone of her relation, you know, like died. And you saw that like, uh, her vulnerable side. And that's, that's the thing, you know, uh, across the wire, that movie I talked about before, it, it did a good job kind of like summarizing this, like, uh, Anthony Mackey, he's the, he's the hero and he goes across, uh, he goes into another country and he's like, we got to stop this or no, no. Um, somebody else in the movie, I forget what their name was. I have to stop Mackey's character from doing this because if not, you know, um, the world's going to get blown up or something or, or America, it was going to be bad for America. And it's just, and, and then all the, they're in a foreign country and all the people he's trying to get to help. It's just like, good. Like, it's about time America learns a lesson. Like there was no like, Jesus. like all these people have seen what it's like to 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 grow up in like sit, shitty situations, and and that's what you get with these flag bearers, breakers. That you, you you assume they're the villain because we live in America and and we don't understand the way that they grew up, where they see war all the time, and it's just like, and and they're sitting there like, let somebody else have it for once. Like we're just trying to freaking survive, and that's you got you got you, you got to see that side of the villain which uh you know brings out the gray part like should i yeah. view them as a villain or are they just trying to be people that survive yeah. you know like very interesting you you are right that it adds a good element yeah. that, that you can't really entirely pick a side right now i guess falcon really hasn't done too much wrong, too much wrong. the falcon hasn't yeah he's probably done his actions in the show are probably the, the stuff you can point to and be like, yeah, that's all Which that's on the street. It's right probably there. by design because, you know, he's supposed to be the Captain America right now. He was supposed to well, pick up yeah. the mantle. Well, yeah. yeah, he's supposed to pick up the mantle. It's supposed to be that. It's supposed to be living up to those standards. Yeah. So I can see why he would be the one that is at least trying to stay in the straight and narrow. Um, so, yeah, very, very good episode. We're three episodes in of a six-episode series. I like that they are all... <laughs> 50 minutes each 50 ish you know again seven eight minutes nine minutes of of, of credits isn't great yeah. but uh they may or not nice been, may all... not be doing it for the wrong series like this would have been nice for one division but hey you know whatever but <laughs> real quick yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm, how, yeah how tight did your butthole get when uh zemo did the winter soldier attack thing and then bucky went and beat the hell out of everybody in the club did you? Oh yeah. Did you get that vibe where it's just like, like were, were we all Falcon right there? Where it's just like, you good, bro? And then, <laughs> and then he was just kind of like, and he nods and yeah. he's like, all right, I guess, yeah. I guess you aren't brainwashed right now. But see, there's that little like uh, foreshadowing. I feel like how I said that someone's gonna get uh, brainwashed. There's someone's gonna find out they have a Hydra code in them. Whether it be Bucky or the new Cap, you know, maybe he has a code that turns him into the Hydra Cap. I feel like there's there's some kind of something brewing there. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see where that goes. But I was watching that. And I was like, "Oh shit, he back. <laughs> he attack. <laughs> he attack. Yeah, 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 yeah." Um, so yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. Um, what was I going to say? I I do like that they are, uh, or it seems like they are going to be bringing in more. You know, references from the larger MCU. We you talked about <clears throat> on one of the last episodes. We talked about uh, 
WandaVision, you're like, what do you want, man? What do you want out of these shows? I'm like, more cameos, more oh, yeah, every time. Thing, more MCU. Yes, this yep. is my show. This is my jam. They are giving me everything I want in this show of like the Wakanda's people are coming in now and you got more references to um, Sharon Carter and just more bring in more stuff from the larger universe that they've spent the last, you know, 13 years building. So yeah, this, this is definitely, um, what, no, shake it, I was going to say shaking my bacon. <laughs> this is my, this is definitely, um, um, uh, what do you call it? Scratching my itch, scratching that itch of me wanting more MCU stuff. So yeah. I wonder if we, you, we might've gotten a black Panther cameo had, um, Bozeman not died, you know? Oh yeah. 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 They were talking about this on vanity fair where, <clears throat> you know, it's not, it's not kosher. It's not going to be a, a nice thing or a respectful thing. I should say of, having a what do you call it, a Carrie Fisher moment where you you put her face yeah. on somebody else's body or use some sort of weird tech to bring him back to life. That's not I feel no, like they, yeah, I'm not looking for like for a hologram or anything like that. I'm just saying okay. if if he hadn't died, is it possible that he would have been the one standing oh, there yeah, in episode absolutely. three, you know? Yes, yeah. Or would he be the, would he be there? Would he be, you know, introduced later? Yes, definitely, absolutely. One hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 So I can take a piss real quick. So let's take a break before we transition to uh, what else we've been watching this week. And uh, we'll be back after the break. Bye-bye. Whoop ass for y'all. Just playing. I would never whoop your ass. Second, I'm gonna see if I turned on the preamp a little bit to see if maybe it's too much gain going in there. It's like stop with the gain. It hurts. I can't stand it. Gain nothing from that. You there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Hello. Hello? Okay. Uh, so I'll I'll zip through the last this next couple before we get to the Godzilla stuff. Okie dokie. Yeah, buddy. All right. Three. Two, one, man, we're back. Uh, so let me zip right through these next couple until so, so we can get to the I'll mic down. event. You'll mic down? Mic, mic down? What? Mic down. Um, I'll mic down for mic. it. I won't say shit while you do all of your stuff. Okay. Besides the shit I that in, I just said. That okay. Yeah, I listened to this <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's, it's Knowledge Fight. 
And uh, and uh, it reminds me of our dynamic. And you shouldn't have brought this up because now I'm going to ramble about it for a second. But you got the mm. you got the host, and he's the one that has like all the all the stuff that he's talking about. And the other guy's a comedian, so he just like, kind of like interjects whenever he has something to say. And sometimes he's right, and the guy agrees with him. And sometimes he's like, "Well, eh, I don't know, like not really." And corrects it. And I feel every time he corrects the guy, I'm like, "That's Damien. Damien corrects me all the time." Like he's like, eh, I don't know about that. Like, I don't know. but there's, there's these parts where he's like, he plays clips and he's like, I really want you to listen to this. So go ahead and mic down. And, uh, and they, they basically saying mic down is telling him to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I will mic down for you. Okay. And you will read so this week. This week I enjoyed, no, not enjoyed. I watched the United States versus Billy holiday. You talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago saying, um, Andre Day gave one of the best performances. I'll let you finish, but Andre Day gave one of the best performances this year. Um, I agree wholeheartedly. Very one of the best. Um, yeah, one of the best performances I've, I've seen this year. Um, I'm I I'm not sure. I'm, I'm still conflicted about who is going to win best best uh, actress. I'm still going to say my head is saying uh, Frances McDormand. My heart is now saying Andre Day. But uh, yeah, amazing performance. Um, really, really tough to watch. A lot of the stuff, a lot of the abuse she took back in the day. This is a story about Billie Holiday uh, <clears throat> and the the shit that she went through from the federal government, the DEA, and the FBI, uh, just being on her ass constantly about the song where where uh, called "Strange Fruit," where she is describing uh, lynchings that were going on back then down the south and across America, <clears throat> and. Uh, it was just, yeah, incredible performance. Um, so let me just say real quick, the, it reminded me a lot of Judy. Um, subpar cinematography, um, severely lacking in any substantive, substantive, substantive supporting cast. Um, not great writing. Uh, I think it was just a very awkward, felt very, it felt like a TV movie, honestly. It felt very cheap. Um, didn't help that Hulu still decides to put their little insignia on the bottom right. And I feel like it's a weird thing, right? Where you are watching a movie and there's no Xenia in the bottom right. And as soon as one appears, it, it just gives a whole thing like a, a sheen of cheapness. Am I right? Am I, am I imagining things? Yeah. Or? I mean, like even when you see uh, like big, big movies, uh, like you watch Endgame on your television and um, I don't know who's, who might be doing it, USA or something like that. They'll put USA in the yeah. corner and the mystique, I don't want to say the mystique, but the, the, it's still a great movie, but now it's like, yeah. It's just it's just a movie. It's not what you remember yeah. it being in the theater. The the, the magnitude of it is yeah. greatly diminished. Spectacle. Yep, spectacle. Yep. There's no spectacle to it. Yep. No, um, but yeah, uh, Andre Day carries this movie on her fucking back. There's some incredible. So one of the best moments uh, in the movie is when she is. I don't know what what it, what is happening. Really, it's very dreamlike. Um, she stops to take a piss on uh, on the side of the road, and she sees a lynching. Uh, in, in progress, the and, church. Uh, she goes into the house. Yes, in the church. Yeah. Was it a church? Well, um, I mean, uh, the church was the burning cross. Yeah, yeah. Outside, <clears throat> and it's this very oh cool. Like, one shot, one shot of her going through the house and crying, and dude, the, the children screaming. Touched, oh my god, that broke me, screaming. man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, very, very. Uh, what would you call it? Inventive, not inventive, but very well done shots. You know, very artistically done very well done and it was almost a one shot you know you know me and i love my one shots mm -hmm. but it ju just it just didn't get over the finish line because when it's when she's 
going out into the stage to perform, there's this very obvious cut right before it. Like a, the camera stays behind her back for a second or two seconds too long. And you can tell, okay, big, big cut here. Big, <laughs> big edit just happened. Like you, you kind of, you almost stuck to dismount, but not quite with uh, that cut right there. But uh, yeah, it's a, uh, I, I am glad I still saw it. This is the last movie I needed to see to fill out all of the major Oscar and Oscar nominated movies is for as far as uh, best actor, best actress, and best picture. I'm glad you saw so, it because I thought for a minute that you were just kind of going to let it slide. And after I had watched it, and I thought that Andre Day yeah. nailed it, I was like, if he if he doesn't watch this movie and names uh someone that he thinks should win um, best actress without watching Andre Day in this, yeah, you, you <clears throat> you're doing the whole category a disservice. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm glad I saw it. Uh, she definitely deserves to be uh, maybe a top two. I'm going to say yeah. top two, top three actresses this year. I agree with everything you said. Yeah. This movie yeah. couldn't win best yeah. movie, but, you know, just her no. performance alone is really the only thing that, that's up for any kind of uh, category, I think. There might be, there might be yeah. something else, but, yeah, she, she, like, she carried it. And I was actually really yep. concerned, too, because I don't know how you how you like movies where, like, the character – like, I remember you saying something about um, – Bohemian Rhapsody and Freddie Mercury and uh, Rami Malek, um, yeah. that you you I think you said you found it that it was easier to portray somebody than it is to make like your an original character or something like that. Yes, yes, and, it uh, is. Um, I think you didn't vibe with it, so I, I'm I'm glad to hear that you you enjoyed this. Um, her 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 being Billie Holiday. I enjoyed her being Billie Holiday. I think it's a very good comparison between the two movies because you go back and look at um, Bohemian Rhapsody and this movie, it's very uh, similar in every aspect. <laughs> subpar writing, subpar cinematography, subpar editing. Uh, again, go, go back to the, watch that scene where they're meeting the manager for the first time um, in Bohemian Rhapsody and nobody is in that scene together. Literally, you can watch that. Watch that scene. Again, I remember that. Pissed you off. Camera right? is behind. Yeah, behind the camera is behind everyone's head. They have stunt doubles for everyone in that scene. Nobody was available for that day to shoot their scenes together. That's so, so weird. They had to do. Yeah, they had to do some very inventive, let's say, uh, editing for that scene, and it shows. It shows a lot. So uh, I didn't know yeah, until you pointed really it out to me. So thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're very welcome. So. Uh, moving on, I finally caught up with Ted Lasso. Nice. Uh, this is on uh, yeah Apple TV Plus, and it is a, as good as everyone is saying it is. It was Perfect. this massive thing that came out la- uh, end of last year. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was saying this is one of the best things um, all year. The, the 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 positivity and the just the happiness and the joy that this Ted Lasso character exudes in every scene is something we definitely needed at the end of last year. And uh, yeah, it is exactly that. It is exactly that. Uh, this is created by Bill Lawrence of Scrubs fame Woo! and uh, starring Jason Sudeikis, <clears throat> Hannah, Hannah Waddingham and Brendan Hunt. A lot of people I've never seen before, but they're very good. Um, and uh, has that Scrubs sort of dynamic that, that, sort of the Charlie Day thing. People, uh, you know, Ted Lasso talks very quickly, like him, says very funny things. Yep. Very good uh, chemistry between the the two leads. I think the other guys, Brendan Hunt and J- Jason Sudeikis, have an amazing chem- chemistry together. Um, yeah, it's very, very good. Definitely check this out. Uh, it's basically, if you see the movie Major League, Hell yeah. I don't know if you're 
familiar with the plot of Major League, yep. but uh, it's basically that, but with soccer slash football. So that's great. So it is pretty great. Yep. 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 So that was uh, all I've watched this week. Quite a few, quite a few things I've watched. I always look back at my list here, and during the week I'm always like, eh, I haven't really watched too much. And I, I fucking a lot of stuff actually. Yeah. And then when you when you talk about it, you're like, all right, yeah, I guess I I did. <laughs> Quite, quite a lot. When you hit the two-hour so, mark on the podcast, you're like, yeah, I guess I, I did talk about it. I yeah. watch a lot of stuff. Yep, 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 yep. So with that, let's get to our review of Godzilla versus Kong. So this was released this Wednesday, uh, March 25th on HBO Max, directed by Adam Wingard, who directed Your Next, 2016 Blair Witch, ABC of Death, and the live-action Death Note. Starring Rebecca Hall, Millie Bobby Brown, Kyle Chandler, <laughs> Godzilla, <laughs> and King Kong. <laughs> Live action death note was so bad. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, synopsis is Kong and his protectors undertake a perilous journey to find his true home. Dion, what do you think of Godzilla versus, versus Kong? Yeah, I loved it. I had a, I had a yeah. great time. It was a blast. Um, a lot of stuff didn't make sense. Um, I listened to the big picture. You were talking about it, and I yep. listened to what a man yep. had to say. She's right. Yep. Uh, how did that boat carry the way to Kong? Um, I really like to uh, address the underwater physics, but there's not enough time for that. Uh, right. Hollow Earth is a laughable um, plot. <laughs> but basically, my takeaway is what Shea Serrano said. You can take the humans out of this completely and just yep. give me yep. the monster yep. fights. And that's all I give yep. a shit about. My I marked so hard when Monkey found Tool. <laughs> when he got the 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 battle axe with it was a Godzilla fin on in the back, right? That's what that was. It was a it was a hit, an axe made out of a Godzilla um, plate from his back. Oh, I did what not it even like. catch that. Yeah, yeah, because it glue yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it would glow blue whenever uh, radiated or whatever. But a fin a Godzilla fin. Yeah, when he got that thing, I was like. Yeah, it's on. Holy shit. I am fully erect. (laughs) (laughs) And then just the fight, the fights at the end. And um, it was crazy because it it, it was full spoilers, guys. There's no way I can talk about this without being a full spoiler. Yep. So Godzilla wins the first battle, which took place on the in the ocean. Like there was no chance Kong was going to win that one at all. No, he just escaped. And then the second one took place in Hong Kong. And he beat the shit out of Godzilla. Like, straight up, he beat the shit out of Godzilla. And uh, <laughs> it was awesome to watch. And then the third one, he just, it, it was like Hogan must, Hogan must pose. And Godzilla just absolutely shit on King Kong. It's like, after the second fight, they, they, they had that line. They're like, oh, looks like they tied it up or something like that. Yep. So they knew the round three was coming. And then just Godzilla just like, you know, went super sane and just pooped on him. And I think that was kind of the point. It's like, listen, guys, you had your fun, but this is Godzilla. He has God in his name. King Kong is a monkey. (laughs) (laughs) And he just crushed him. But uh, the tag team at the end with Mecha Godzilla, like that was, that was sweet. Like Kong still went over, you know, he, he, he destroyed Mecha Godzilla. That was Fucking awesome, dude! This movie got me yeah. so hyped. I was ready to go. There, were, there were like literal parts where I had those moments where I was so captivated that I could feel 
this feeling in my chest and I'd realize yep. I'm not breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding my breath. And the, and, and the other parts where it's just like, uh, I, I was actually concerned for, for uh, King Kong at some points. And it's just like, man, man, come on, dude, get up. I was, I was, I was feeling, it. I'm like, come on, brother, I'll send you all my energy. <laughs> it was just, I had a great time. I was just watching by myself. Uh, Oh, you know, I, when I was listening good. to that podcast, Chase Around was saying he was watching it with his like seven year old kid. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. my my six year old would be terrified of this right now. Maybe maybe my three year old would be like dinosaur, like it'd be happy about Godzilla up until the point where he just like starts crushing people and being really aggressive, and, yeah. and he'd probably run yeah, to the kitchen. Maybe. How'd you yeah. feel about this movie? Yeah. I'm gushing. I love it. I loved it. <laughs> exactly what I wanted. Exactly what you want out of the, one of these movies. Uh, big, bombastic spectacle. This is, you know, I think we were missing this. They were talking about this again, again in the big picture. I will reference that as well. About this is one of the first big blockbusters back from uh, COVID. You know, it was supposed to be what Black Widow was supposed to be the big first big blockbuster last last May or last April, whatever it was. So we are as a public, as a species, jonesing hard for movies like this. And I think this is one of the first big ones out of the gate. And uh, it was good. It was great for that. It was, it, it, uh, it, it scratched those itches and uh, yeah, it did everything it was supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, let me get uh, some quotes in here from Rebecca Hall. Uh, she played the Kong scientist, right? <laughs> and uh, Amanda Dobbins did this as well, but I will as well. Uh, she, a lot of her quotes are, are just, bananas but she sells it with such conviction uh, I, th I thought it worked really well yeah there can't be two alpha titans uh <laughs> when it comes to kong what i say goes kong bows to no one that's one of the you know the best one mm -hmm. uh but then she's like what can we do to help kong depth charges okay lady okay scientist lady how do you know about death charge depth, depth charges i know what depth charges Jesus. are shit <laughs> <laughs> and this won't end until one of them submits some great, some great line that she delivers with such sincerity and conviction. Loved it. I love, I loved her, her performance in this. Dude, yeah, uh, uh, that submitting yeah. part thing. Like, man, when Godzilla just put his, dude, all those times when Kong wins that second round and he's just fucking beating his chest. He's like, ah, ah. I'm like, oh. I was, I was like, yeah, I'm bouncing on the couch. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And then there's the part yeah. where Godzilla, he's like standing on Kong's chest at the end. He just roars in his face and Kong just like roars back defiantly. Like, just yeah. like, there, uh, I, I don't think submit was a, is the, the right word. Like, it, it's not like one of them has to submit. It's like one of them has to establish dominance. That's what needs to happen. And it's just, it was yeah. hilarious. Like Kong knew that at, at, at times, like he, he didn't have a chance. And he's just like, even when Godzilla was standing on his chest, and he's just like, it's over. I have the high ground. And he's yeah. like screaming it in his face. Kong's just like indignant right back at him. He's like, fucking do it. <laughs> Kill me. Finish yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Finish it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a couple more notes. Um, podcasters are apparently the new gold standard of investigative journalism. You have these, this guy, this, this guy that started a podcast is, is pretty much, you know, the, the, what do you call it? The the guy that is going to just go in and figure everything out. Be break this story wide open. Oh right? yeah, that guy's like crazy. The, he's like the Washington Post reporters from uh, Watergate back in the day. This is the, podcasters are the new 
you know, um, what, what are they called? The the two guys that broke Watergate. I forget their names, but yeah, he's that. Whistleblowers? <laughs> Whistleblowers, but I'm, I was saying that specifically the, what their name was. Uh, oh, um, okay. Uh, yeah. Snowden? No, no, Snowden, no. Uh, no, uh, fuck. Damn it. <laughs> I'll figure it out. Assange? Watergate reporters. I'm talking about 40 years ago now. They're, oh, 40. They're oh, you're talking there. about that. Wait. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Watergate. Star? Bob Bob Wood, huh? Star? No. <laughs> Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein. So this this podcast reporter is the Carl Bernstein of this universe. Anyway, I wouldn't even get that with all the guests. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown looks 37. That's unfortunate. She should stop doing that. She um, looks like she's going to cry every single scene. Yeah, yeah. When Kyle Chandler says to her, you know, that podcast is filling your head with garbage, I, I felt personally attacked. I took that personally. <laughs> also, um, that was like one of two scenes that he had. Yeah, like, come what on, was man. That? Full heads, clear hearts. Got to get that guy in here. Coach Brown, coach whatever he was from uh, Friday Night Lights. Give him more screen time. You don't hire this man and give him like two lines. It's disrespectful to coach. And coach, they don't uh, even tell you why he's not. You just assume that, oh, yeah, he's busy doing... Godzilla stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is actually see, fine. Uh, I don't need time. to know the, 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 the human's background, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so this movie is basically uh, the Captain America Civil War of the MonsterVerse, right? Because you have this guy, uh, this, you know, scientist making a, a Mecha Godzilla. Yep. And he is, the, that's that signal, that whatever it is, that aura that's that's he's using to make him is pissing off Godzilla? Is that what this, this story is? Um, what is the, what, why are they fighting? Why is Godzilla and Kong fighting is my question. Well, Kong and Godzilla are fighting because they're two alphas, I suppose. Oh, gotcha. But okay. why Godzilla was attacking that base was because yeah. he understood that they were, they were constructing another they were, they were making Mecha Godzilla. That wasn't apparent at the time. Yes. But that's why he okay. was attacking the base. So basically, Godzilla has a radar for whenever there's a fight, he's going to go get it. He's going to go whoop some ass. Yeah. Because there can't okay. be two alphas. Just like. There can't be. You just yeah, can't do that. Just like Rebecca Hall said. She's correct. <laughs> Even though at the end, there were definitely two alphas. Well, no, actually, I said Kong wasn't an alpha at the end. He was He was definitely a beta, but. All right. Um, let me see. I can't get a signal in the wrong part of town, but these guys can download gigs of information from the center of the earth in about 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah really? I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. have to make yep. sense. Yep. <laughs> Just show, yeah, me, yeah, yeah. show me that sweet fight. I don't even care what you do to get me there. Yeah. I like how it was, it was this whole thing about like, you know, we need to have a specific vehicle to break into the center of the earth, to the hollow earth core. Uh, we have to go through this like dimension breaking thing. We have to go a thousand miles an hour, or else we can't fit through there. It's like anti gravitational. Yeah, we got to flip gravity at, fields like at the correct moment, or we're just going to explode. Correct moment, or we're going to explode. But then Godzilla just shoots a hole in the ground. It's like, hey guys, what's up? Yeah, what are you it's doing? Like peering down, miles, miles upon miles deep, and it just makes it seem yeah. like you know he just blew the roof off a house and is like, get out of here. And Kong's like, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> or he's like, he's like, oh, I'm coming. You just blew a hole in my roof. I'm gonna come whoop your ass. Godzilla's like, do it. You won't. And then he actually does. He climbs out of the hole, and Godzilla's actually walking away. Like, why are you walking away? You just, you just started a fight with me. You just broke my house. We are doing this. <laughs> you get your ass back here. You got some shingling to do. <laughs> yeah so so i can't wait for can't wait for the next uh um installment in the in some in the monster verse where do you even go uh, from there well listen bud i don't know if you know this but i'm a godzilla expert now because i i looked at the wikipedia page of of the godzilla villains and there's there's do, do, there are dozens of them there are so many godzilla villains that that are still out there that they could still bring into this new Monster Reverse. Uh, you got Rodan. They did Mothra in the first one. Did they do Rodan in King of the Monsters? I forget. There was a bunch of them in there. I don't know how many they did, but uh, yeah, there there are so many uh, so many stories they can mine from the 50s and 60s and 70s versions of Godzilla. Oh yeah, there, there's there's way more to go. But do you think way, they shot their shot? Like King Ghidorah was uh, the second one. No, no, it was the third one. Um, third one, yeah. Yeah, the first one was Mothra. And this one was Mechagodzilla. I mean, those were the three big, right? The three big ones, yeah. I, I, I guess I don't know. You could, or you know, you, you don't have to mind them specifically. You can you can combine them. You can make up new guys. Yeah. yeah Who was the one that helped uh, Godzilla in, in in King of Monsters? It was the moth. Mothra. The, no, well, Mothra was wasn't that the the bad one in the first one? Or no, Queen something. I thought like. What her name was? Um, let me see. She's like a giant Bad butterfly. Guy. Maybe it was Mothra. Uh, let me see the plot. Plot of Godzilla 2014. Um, what's the bad guy called? I don't know. Don't it wasn't know. a bad Muto. guy. It, uh, it was Muto. Yeah. Uh, the moth or Mothra was helping Godzilla. It was like a tag team. Right. Yeah. Anyways, but yeah, yeah there's, there's. I just don't there's, know where they go from there. Many, Plus, you gave me what I, I, I'm spent. You know, it was just like, uh, just like the when, the last podcast on the last, uh, talking about yeah. that dude. He's just like, I am all out of comps. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it there. He ends out of comps, so we got to finish up. Uh, so yeah, that is Godzilla versus Kong. It's on HBO Max for a month. What are they? What are they doing? They they put this out for a month and it's like, and we're taking it back. Yeah, and can't watch it anymore. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. So get your fix. I mean, it'll come back soon enough. So yeah, 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 yeah. Great movie. Suggested everybody. Anything? I've talked to a few people. It's like, oh, Godzilla. You know, that just doesn't. uh, I've never been into that. And it's like, you know what? I I wasn't into the old timey Godzilla ones either. Uh, and even. Now, the only reason I went back and watched the other three MonsterVerse ones was because uh, this uh, Godzilla and Kong was coming out. So I'm like, all right, well, let me get the backstory. Let me let me check out the whole MonsterVerse. So I did. And they got better as it went on. First one, k- kind of sucked. Second one, which was Kong, great. Third one, King of Monsters. They learned from the first one. And then this one was just <laughs> magnificent. So yeah. everybody should give it a fair shake. Because it's not like the the Godzillas that you remember when, you know, it's just like watching Power Rangers when the Zords are fighting, you know? Like, it, it's not like the lizards that you can tell is a dude in a puppet suit. Like, CGI is off yeah. the charts. 
What did you think about the CGI? Did it, did, did it feel real? Were you like, well, that's interesting. That's interesting because I'm I like I said I got this 4K TV now, and if you're watching stuff in 4K, I think you're I don't know maybe maybe if you're somebody like me who's very particular about that sort of thing, you're looking for all the you're looking for the zippers, you're looking for all the the what do you call them? Uh, what, what do you what do you call that when you get when you weld something? Looking for all the all the um, stitching, you're looking for the stitching in all of these the CGI. Uh, the water tech could be better. I'm looking at the water while Godzilla's walking through it, while King Kong's fighting in it. Water tech could be better. Um, fire is very good. Fi the two things that are that are very hard to do right with CGI is, is water and fire. And uh, I think they nailed it with the fire. They're so-so with the water. Uh, but with Godzilla and Kong himself, very good. Very, very good. I love I love seeing uh, Godzilla like smirk at the end there. Yeah. That was very good. What about uh, uh, Kong's hair? Oh, the fur, right. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's water, fire, and, and hair. It's very hard to do well with CGI. I thought they did a very good job with that. Yeah. Um, the stuff that's always hard to do also is to make it look like that person, Kong, is is um, interacting with the real-life people. Um, it's always hard to do that. I thought, they did that. I thought they did that pretty well with the girl, that is, that it communicates with him. I thought they made that look uh, pretty realistic. But yeah, very overall, pretty, pretty well done. All yep. right. What did you think of it? I, yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. No, no, not just fine. I thought it was it, it was good. It was strong. I uh, there were parts where it was like, hmm. Uh, I I understand how difficult it is to make strands of hair look real when it's a completely CGI thing. Um, so yeah. th there there were a couple times where it was like a, a close up of Kong, and if I'm like staring at his face, I'm like, wow, like I get, yeah, I see it. And but when I'm looking at his hair, like I could I could nitpick if I really wanted to, but Ultimately, yeah. like it's still you know one of the better things that I've 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 seen, um, CGI wise. Like you, you could tell they gave the the best try that they had, and it was a damn good one. And Godzilla looked magnificent, and Mecha Godzilla, amazing, hell yeah, amazing, yeah. So yeah. I thought it was Mecha great. Godzilla, yeah, Mecha, Mecha Godzilla, uh, which was oh, one second, uh, the um, what was that movie with the guys in the suits? Recently, a Pacific Rim. It was basically that, right? It was like a um, kaiju versus mecha thing. Um, very, very good. Yeah, very it, was well like, uh, it was like it was like the Green Ranger calling in his dragon sword. That's exactly what I was thinking of, dude. Yeah. With the fucking tail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking love that shit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so that was uh, Godzilla versus yes. Kong. Watch. Yeah, loved it. Loved it. Go watch it. Recommend. It. Highly recommend. So next week on the docket, we got some things I wrote down. Uh, debuting next week on Netflix, we got Thunder Force with Melissa, Melissa McCarthy, Octavia Spencer, and Jason Bateman. You might check that out. Hmm. Also discussing doing uh, stuff we missed from the past few months. So we could do I Care A Lot with uh, Rosa, Rosamund Pike. Uh, we could possibly try to check out Nobody, that one with the... That guy from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Better yep. So could do that. We could do the 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 watch thing where we do a little bit of TV shows. Uh, there's made for TV, made for love is a TV series from HBO with Christina Minelotti. Okay, cool. So we could do something like that. So yeah, we'll we'll chit chat off the, off the mics. See what we do. See right. what we come up with Sense, for yeah. next week. Yeah, buddy. Uh, so for this week's, can I say something? I've been Damien. I've been DJ. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Uh...